Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Edgerson. We're here on Monday, August 8th. I hope everyone's having a great end of their summer. Last time we talked, I was on my way to Nashville. Dude, I love Nashville. It was my fourth time there. We had such a good time. We went with like six or seven other couples and and me and my wife only knew like one couple fairly well. So it was like, I think that added to how much fun it was just learning, just just getting to know new people, hang out with new people. I mean, we were looking at Zillow around there. I was like, dude, I could see myself living in Nashville, get out of these Chicago winters. I mean, it gets cooler there, but it's not going to snow much. It's not going to be that bitter wind chill. It's not going to get below zero. Maybe one day I'll end up out there. Who knows? I don't know. I think I'd like to, but I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, I want to say thank you to everyone who's reviewed the book, Dental Practice Hero, on Amazon. I got up to 105. I want to say a shout out to Michael S. who reviewed the book. And a shout out to Eva B. and Andrew Lund for the podcast reviews on iTunes. I always appreciate those. If you get a chance, if you like what you hear, if you like what you read, please leave a review. It always makes me feel good and helps more people learn about the book and the podcast. Now, today, I want to talk about the ugly part of owning a practice. And, you know, people will always say that running the business is the easy part. It's dealing with the team and the people that is the hardest. And I think we can all relate to that. Thinking back over the past three years, if you ever heard me talk about the COVID shutdown, you will remember how much I've always talked about how much I loved it. And I think a lot of us dental practice owners did. I mean, we all of us had like two months of AR of insurance payments coming through to have kind of floated our overhead. And then we had the PPP and then we had like the tax credits and other free money and all this stuff. And we really got to take a break from every issue and every stressor that we had at the practice and really just focus on what was important in our families and stuff. So I just remember like how good it felt, how much I loved being home. And I loved every, it was like one of the most exciting and just fun three months of my life. But when I look back after we came back to work, I mean, initially it was like struggling with new protocols, navigating this new weird world and and all the stuff, the how we're going to deliver care, aerosols and all this stuff. But after a certain time, we eventually got back to business as, as usual. And when I was home, when I think about before we got back to business as usual, when I was home, I didn't really worry about the practice too much. I was so much happier. I didn't stress. I was present with my family. So eventually when we got back to business as usual, I felt those same stressors again. So what changed when we got back to business as usual? And I spent a lot of time kind of dissecting this and thinking about this over the past year or so, or I guess past two years, over two years now since the COVID happened. And I more or less came to one conclusion. It's criticism. Owning a practice is about being criticized. Literally all the time, every direction from patients, from team members, from, and if you're like on online forums, from there too, the trolls on there, and we're always getting criticized. So I have a quote about criticism that I like, and it's from Albert Hubbard. It says, the final proof of greatness lies in being able to endure criticism without resentment. So how can we as leaders endure criticism without resentment? See, I mean, the challenge is, is that us as leaders, we will never please everyone. And if you ever thought you can please everybody, you're wrong. If you lead with the aim to please everyone, you're always going to be disappointed. And I think one of the things that I've personally failed at is that with criticism is that I've always taken it personally. And it's hard not to. I mean, we're human. We have feelings and I'm human too. So I have feelings. And anytime I was criticized, I always took it personally. I mean, I can think of times when like I get a note on my desk and it says I have to call a patient back because they're upset and they want to talk to the owner. And I literally, until I have that conversation with that patient, I'm just pissed. I'm angry. I'm worried. 
It's the same thing with like team. Like if a team member would text me and they say, hey, we need to talk about something. Or if I get an email from a team member, it's like that uneasiness and you're just mad. How dare they question me? How dare they not appreciate this practice? How dare somebody complain about our delivery of care? And it comes a personal attack. And I went from, we were almost open nine years without a single turnover of a team member. But this past year, I mean, I'm into the teens. I mean, we've lost a lot of people and turned a lot of people. And since I always had no turnover, and I think that a lot of that had to do with me people-pleasing, but when people like left, it really hurt. And I took that really personally. Like I would say, that's, that's me. I haven't been present. It's my fault. I'm failing as a leader. I haven't been encouraging enough. I haven't been asking enough questions or doing enough one-on-ones. You know, same thing anytime someone on my team told me what I should be doing. It's always like this personal attack. And it's, it's hard not to take it that way. But I literally spent a lot of time as a leader trying to please everybody. And eventually we got to a size where, and maybe I just got to a frustration level where I just couldn't do anymore. And I just had to pivot. I had to accept the fact that it just wasn't possible to please everyone all the time. So I want to share this, this lesson with you about criticism. And this is the major tenet of it, is that criticism is part of the job of the leader. And making everybody happy just isn't possible. So what do we do? What do we do to handle criticism well and be feeling good and not worry and not be stressed, right? So I think we need to listen to criticism, wherever it may come from, but we need to be selective in the way that we respond. And we need to remember that there's always a truth to the criticism. Even with those crazy, crazy, crazy patients that you're like, oh, don't worry about it. They're just crazy. There is always some element of truth in there. So if we can accept that criticism is part of the job, that it's normal, it's expected, we can then make our focus become finding the truth. We have to find the truth in every single criticism we hear, and that should be our goal. Find that truth. Remember that quote that most people listen to respond instead of listening to understand? We need to try to understand. Understand where this person is coming from that's criticizing us or, or complaining. Where is this person coming from and what is the lesson that we can learn from it? What is the important truth that we need to consider? And we also need to control our desire to respond emotionally because it's easy to do that. It's easy to get defensive or try to come up with ways to retaliate or get revenge or or they can't say that to me. I'm going to tell them about this or I'm going to do this to them. It's really easy to get emotionally hijacked in there. And I can't tell you how many times I have personally responded quickly to criticism or quickly to a complaint and I've regretted it. And you just need to sit on it. So when somebody comes at you with something, just kind of control that need to get defensive and just kind of sit. For instance, if if you get an email or a text, always wait 24 hours before responding. If it upsets you, wait 24 hours. And, And always like reach out to the person via phone or find them in person because it's so much easier to sort things out verbally. And I think people are a lot... They're just more mean when they're texting or they're emailing and things get misread. So always wait 24 hours to settle down on a clear head and then you address the situation, but you do it verbally. Another thing that we have to accept is that we often have to make decisions in which there is not a best decision available. It's like a multiple choice test where all the answers are just less crappy. You know, there's no perfect answer that's going to make every single person happy. So how do we make these decisions when we're always going to upset some people? We need to use like another compass. We need to have another compass that's guiding our decisions because 
if we're just trying to please people, we're often just going to be pleasing those most vocal people in our practice. The people that will come to you with more issues, that will more easily complain about things or, or tattle on people, we're only going to be pleasing them. So we need to use a compass of core values and doing what's best for the practice. Now, I mean, best for the practice while still being fair to the team, of course. It's not always what's best for the practice. You have to be fair to the team. But we need to realize that we're making a decision based on what's best for the practice and fair to the team. And we're not trying to please people because anytime we please people, we will displease other people. Now, we can, we can do one-on-ones. We can get perspectives. We can ask those opinions. But ultimately, we're just listening to their opinions. And we're not siding with people. We're not telling people what we're thinking we're going to do. We're not saying we're going to do this until we actually get to the point where we're, we're, we're concrete on our decision of what we're going to do. We're just taking in the information and we're going to just take it all in and do what we think is best and be done with it. So we're, we're essentially, we're evaluating that criticism against the bigger picture of the organization and the core values and deciding from there. And lastly, I think it's important that as leaders, we look at criticism as an opportunity. I mean, we get to lead people. We have influence. We have power. We get to be the most influential person on the team. So each criticism is an opportunity for us to listen and evaluate, find that truth, and then implement in order to make our practices better. Next time someone comes to you with something, I want you to just really seek out that truth and look at that as an opportunity. Don't avoid those difficult conversations because just realize that is part of the territory of being a leader. I want you to look at them, just get excited, show interest, seek to understand. Because I really think if we approach each situation calmly and with the intent to understand and do what's best for the practice, that our team will respect us more and they will continue to follow us as we lead them. All right. I hope that was helpful to somebody. Hey, we got a great episode next week. I got Dr. Henry Ernst on, and he's going to be talking about how he grew his startup to 19 chairs, I think. I can't remember how many chairs, but it was pretty big. And then how he sold it to a DSO. So a lot of tips on how he grew, what was successful, as well as what led to that decision to finally sell his practice. So it's going to be one you don't want to miss. All right, everybody have a great week and we will talk to you next time.